Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning. Welcome to Passion Life Church this morning. I'm so grateful that you're here with us and I'm able to be in your home or wherever you're watching this morning. I hope you're doing well. Are you doing good? Are you staying strong? Come on, this season is going to come to an end. It will. And so let's keep our faith strong. And I want you to know that we miss you, Passion Life Church. We miss seeing you. But I just hope that our time together will be fruitful. It'll be encouraging. Today, we're going to conclude the Refuge series. But before we do that, at the end of today's message, we're going to take communion. And so just maybe you can prepare for that. You can get somebody to, to run real quick to the kitchen and grab whatever you got, whether it's bread or, uh, you know, just some juice. Um, I I had a pastor friend tell me that they were doing communion online and a person told them, hey, we didn't have bread. We didn't have juice. So we used potato chips and NyQuil. And I was like, okay, I hope it wasn't the non, I hope it was the non-drowsy uh, version. But I will say this, grab whatever you can. It's really what those elements represent. And we're going to take communion at the end of today's message. And I just appreciate you being on today. Feel free to comment and engage. You know, this live stream is, is touching so many lives. You know, I, I'm amazed. I get texts as we are uploading to YouTube and different things. This message, people are <laughs> texting me, when is the next part going to be uploaded to YouTube? And our goal is to be actually going live on YouTube as well for people. And so we really appreciate your support. We also appreciate your financial support and your generosity. You know, I really believe that um, it's so important in this time to keep God first in our lives. And one of the ways we do that is by our giving. And so today we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, as we talk around our giving. And it talks about honoring the Lord, um, honoring the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will be uh, will brim with new wine. Look at that first word, honor. I love that. The word honor is actually denotes worship. It means worship. And so today, as we give our tithes and our offerings, we are doing it as we honor God with our wealth and look with the first fruits of our crops and then your barns will be filled. Why does God want our barns to be filled? Because God wants to bless our lives so we can be a blessing to other people. And today your generosity is helping us to make a difference in people's lives as the church of Passion Life Church. You know, we have a couple of giving options for you. If you like to give today, so simple. You can take out your smartphone and you can text PLC Marietta to 77977. Text PLC Marietta to 77977. It's actually as safe as online banking. Or you can go to our website passionlifechurch.com. We also have an app. You can download that for free, Passion Life Church Marietta, and you can uh, see all uh, all of our messages there. You can actually uh, give there. You can connect with us through prayer, prayer requests, but uh, we would love to connect with you in that way. And thank you for your giving. I want to pray. We're going to leave the giving options up there for just a moment, and I want to pray for you and believe God. There are some of you today that maybe you've lost your job and you're actually waiting for some seed to sow because it's not coming in. I want to pray for you today because I believe that God can open doors that no man can shut. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you 
for your supernatural provision in our lives. Lord, you are our source. Our job is only the resource that you use. And Lord, you can change the resources, but we want to look to you as our source in this time. Father, I pray, Lord, for people right now that are hurting financially. I pray, Lord, that you would supernaturally provide for them, Lord God, abundantly food and finances, Lord, whatever they need, Lord, you are our provider. And we thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Lord, I pray that you touch every person's life today as they are watching in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Again, thank you so much for your giving. We're so glad that uh, you are joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this series that we've entitled Refuge. Um, and it's been such a, a blessing to me. And literally, I could spend about three or four weeks talking about this this whole chapter, Psalm 91. And if you have your device or your Bible right with you, why don't you open it to Psalm 91? And uh, we're going to say this together. I want you to really, really put your faith in this. It's the word of God. I believe it's really going to help you today. And so, but here's what we're going to do. I want to bring this series to a close today because like I said, I mean, we could literally spend three or four more weeks on this, but I just want to kind of close today with, with sharing four benefits of God's promise of protection. I think it's really going to, going to help you. You, you know, we just heard this week on the news that the next two weeks are going to be the toughest. Yeah, when I heard that, fear tried to grip my heart. I don't know if it tried to grip your heart, but I'm not going to let it grip my heart, right? But when they said fear, right, is this this week is uh, that this uh, these next two weeks are going to be the toughest. When that fear tried to grip my heart, I'm going to be honest with you. I was reminding myself that I don't have to be afraid because I am supernaturally protected by the presence of God. He is my protector and we have nothing to fear. Are you thankful that we have a supernatural refuge today? I hope you're thankful. Let's read Psalm 91. Let's read the whole thing and let's remind ourselves of God's promises. It says this, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And I will say of the Lord, that's what we're doing right now. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him. I will trust surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lies waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. Oh, come on, receive that. Put your faith in that, that no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you 
to keep you so you don't dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Woo, I feel like shouting right there. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is what amazes me about God. He knows exactly what we need at the time that we need it. This was written, I mean, thousands of years ago, but yet it's so relevant for us today, especially in this time. And what he does in Psalm 91 is the, the writer, many believe that it is Moses. It's unknown, really. But what they say is that whoever wrote the psalm before, if it was Psalm Psalm 90, Moses wrote Psalm 90. So since we didn't know uh, who wrote Psalm 91, it's supposed to be the one who wrote the psalm before it. So we believe that Moses wrote this thousands of years ago. And what he did is he started to outline all, like every type of evil that is known to man he outlines it. And I want to go through those today. And then I want to just show you the benefits of this protection that comes to us being in God's presence. And the psalmist says this. Here's the first one. He says, the terror by night, right? Now, this is an evil that comes through people. Murder, kidnapping, rape, right? This is an evil that comes by people and he's reminding us that we are protected from that evil. Now, here's the second one he says. He says the arrows that fly by day. Now, an arrow is something that pierces or wounds. That's what the arrows are designed for. Now, listen, this actually could be emotionally, it could be physically, mentally, it could be spiritually, and they are deliberate. Arrows are pointed at a target and they are deliberate. And this is what the enemy does. He loves to get his bow and pull it back and he loves to try to hit you in the areas that are going to cause the most damage in your life, right? Now, arrows indicate an intentional danger. Now, this is important because if we could really identify what these arrows are, and I want to help identify those are today, because I want you to be protected. I want you to know what's going on because we're in a fight. And as you can see, we're in a fight for our lives. The enemy's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But what are these arrows? I believe that these arrows are the lies that the enemy speaks to us. You know, in Ephesians, he talks about the fiery darts of the enemy. And so the enemy, he pulls back his bow by speaking lies to you, right? So he speaks these lies to you. Now, in Ephesians, when it talks about fiery darts, he was talking about at that time what they did in battle was they would take the arrowhead and they would dip it in a flammable substance. They would pull it back and shoot that deliberately at the enemy, right? And so here's what he does. Let me, let me help you. The enemy will speak into your life in areas that you're most vulnerable or susceptible to. For some, it may be, let me give you an example. It's like, 
rejection. Maybe, you know, you have this uh, secret wound of rejection. You've had some friends, some relationships that didn't go well, and, you know, they went cray-cray on you. Anybody have some friends that go cray-cray from time to time? You know, you, you think they're cool, you think they're good, and then all of a sudden, boom, I don't know, they just get hit with the cray-cray, and then you're like, whoa, who, who are you? I, I didn't know who you were. I, th- I thought it was this, but is that? And so you walk away, and you just go, wow, I, I don't know what, what what's going on I guess I'm just not good at relationships and here's what happens is the enemy pulls that bow back and he shoots that arrow and this is what he whispers in your ear he whispers there's something wrong with you that you know what people don't like you as a matter of fact you don't measure up to people they're better than you right and all of a sudden here comes that arrow and that arrow has a little fire on it and here's what it's trying to do it's trying to strategically hit your life why because if it hits an area of your life let me just tell you this he's aiming for your heart he's aiming for the vital organs right a lot of times rejection has to do with our heart and breaking our heart and, and hurting our heart. But what happens is, is that arrow comes to you with that little bit of fire on it, right? When it hits you, the design is that that little bit of fire, wherever it hits you, will totally consume your body and set you on fire. One area that actually is contagious to the whole body, and then what happens is that because you believed a lie, now you start to live a lie. And you start to have all of these identity issues and you can't be who God has called you to be because there is a fiery arrow that is coming your way. Now listen, Psalms 91.4 helps us and it says, His truth, His truth, His truth shall cover you with his feathers. Watch. And under his wings you shall take refuge and his truth shall be your shield and buckler. So what is it that offsets these arrows? It is the truth that you are protected. Now watch. This is why the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. You know, I love talking to people and when they say, you know, I'm just not into conflict. You know, I'm just not, I'm just not a fighter. I'm, I'm a lover. You know, I'm like Switzerland. I'm just kind of like neutral. Well, the Bible talks about that you and I have to get dressed every day in the armor of God because there is a fight for your life. Now, some people are just realizing that. Some people are like, wow, because business is, is, is not as usual, right? That it's been disrupted. Now we're realizing, wow, there's actually an enemy that's trying to, to kill me. Yeah, that's why you've got to get up every day and put on the armor of God. Why? Because there's arrows coming. And watch this. Here's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy is looking for holes in that armor. He's looking for holes to pierce that armor. So watch, if you are thinking like God because you have renewed your mind, then you have the helmet of salvation on. Then that arrow is not going to pierce and penetrate your thinking. Those lies are not going to pierce and penetrate your thinking. Why? Because you have the helmet of salvation on, right? Do you know truth? Do you know the truth of the word of God? We're reading Psalm 91. It is the truth. And the Bible says, is that in the armor, the truth is like a belt. If you ever seen a policeman, they have that belt and it's like that belt holds all the other pieces of the uniform together. 
And that's what the, the belt of truth does. It holds all the armor together. Listen, if this isn't true, what we're talking about today, and it's just a game, then we better be worried. Then we would have fear because we're in dangerous times. But thank God we don't have to fear because that's a lie. We have truth. And so truth holds the belt together. I just love that, right? And then if I know in my heart that I am righteous because I have asked Jesus to come inside my heart, forgive me of my sins, and he gives me his righteousness. He gives me his holiness. I love this. If you know that you are in right standing with God, it's like a breastplate over your heart, right? That's a vital organ. It's a breastplate. So when the enemy tries to come in and throw arrows and remind you of your past and tell you that you can't go forward and that you're not forgiven, you know what? You are covered. You are protected in your heart, right? And then when we exercise faith, how are we exercising faith? We've learned we will say of the Lord. Faith, right, has a confession and faith is expressed in our confession. So as we're saying Psalm 91, the Bible says, it's like a shield of faith, right? So when these fiery darts are coming, it's our faith that's accessing this protection. It's our faith that becomes like a shield to us to offset these fiery darts. And then he talks about where you're about your feet. He talks about being shod with the preparation of the gospel of the gospel of peace. In other words, where we stand, we stand in the gospel of peace. The gospel is peace with God and peace in our lives that you and I have strong footing in the peace and tranquility knowing that we are righteous before God. Listen, come on, I'm trying to encourage you. We have armor, but here's what happens when you don't know about the truth, when you walk in fear, there's holes in the armor and the arrows are coming your way. Why? To set your life on fire and not on a godly fire or being on fire for God, but to destroy your life. You know, I put in my notes, the goal of the lie is not just to affect one area that's wounded, but the goal of the lie is that your whole life be governed by a lie that leads to deception and bondage. What a tragedy if you never realized that Jesus was rejected he was wounded. He suffered emotionally. I know we don't talk about that a lot. We talk about more healing in our body. But you know what? It's also healing emotionally that he was rejection and he bore our rejection. And the truth is, the Bible says, you are accepted among the brethren. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the truth. And the truth offsets the arrows that fly by day. So he talks about the terror by night, arrow fly by day. Now, is this good? I hope you're learning something. And then here's the third one, the pestilence that walks in darkness. Come on. That's where we're at right now. You know, you know, what's interesting is that this pestilence is actually the only evil that's mentioned twice. It's actually mentioned twice. Now, I want you to hear the wording that the psalmist is writing. It is 2,000 years ago, and he says this, it's the pestilence that walks in darkness. Pestilence means plague. It means disease. And right now with the COVID virus, right, the, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus, it walks in darkness. As we 
look or go to the grocery store, you can't see it. It's not obvious. It's in darkness. It walks in darkness. As a matter of fact, you wouldn't even know you have it until after you have symptoms. It walks in darkness. But here's the truth and the great news. You're protected. You're protected from the pestilence that walks in darkness. Come on. Anybody excited that you are covered? Come on, say that with me. Say, I'm covered. I am protected. If you're sitting next to somebody at home, just come on, push them off the couch and say, you're covered because you're covered. You're supernaturally covered. And here's the fourth one. The destruction that lies at noonday. Now, the destruction that lies at noonday are the evils that we don't have control over. Earthquakes, hurricanes, right? Uh, tornadoes. You know, it's funny is that they call those acts of God. They call them acts of God. Now, when people talk to me about these tornadoes and stuff, they're like, Phil, why does God just allow those to happen? Can I just tell you, that was never God's will for our life. Our God's, God's will for our life is in the Garden of Eden. There was paradise. There was no hurricanes and tornadoes. We are experiencing a fallen earth. And you know, here in California, we're not only experiencing the pestilence that walks in darkness. Two or three days ago, I'm telling you, there was a shaking going on at our house. I'm talking about three or four hours of pure, you know, just boom, boom, earthquakes. And here's the cool thing. We're protected. We are protected supernaturally. So we've got, some of us in our lives have all of these going on at the same time, but yet you have a supernatural refuge that protects you. And here's what I love about Psalm 91. Not only does it outline every evil, but it actually outlines every type of evil and it also covers every type, every time of the day. Terror by night, right? Arrows by day, destruction by noonday. In other words, not only are you covered and protected from every evil, you are protected all the time. Come on, give the Lord a good amen for his protection. Now think about this. I want you to think about this, right? There's no place in the world that you can go and be safe from every destruction and every disaster, but the refuge of the presence of God. I want to say that again. Come on, take a picture of that screen. There is no place in the world that you can go and be safe from every destruction and every disaster, but the refuge of the presence of God. Now, let me just give you these four benefits because I think it's really going to help you, right? These are the benefits of the protection of the presence of God. Anybody love his presence? I love his presence. That's what I love when Psalm 91 starts out. It says, he that dwells. That means he who rests. He's who's in God's presence, right? And he's with us. He never leaves us and forsakes us. But here's, here's a result. Here's the benefit of his presence. Are, are you ready? Number one, you have God's peace. You have God's peace. You know what? True, truly protected people are peaceful people. Ooh, let me say that again. Protected people aren't going cray cray, right? Protected people are peaceful people. It's unprotected people that are fearful. People that don't know that they're protected are fearful. Now, I want you to understand that all of these fears come, right, to make you afraid. And what is fear all about? Fear is all about, of, fear is all about robbing you of your peace. Now, Here's the truth. The Bible says that God, Jesus, 
I give you my peace. You have the very peace of God, you know, and you just need to say, you know what, fear, you are not going to rob me of my peace. We dwell in the protection, right, of this most high God, and we have this protection by faith. Now, here's what fear does. Fear tries to get you to stand in a different place, not to stand in faith. See, the thing is, when we stand in faith, this is how we reside in this shelter, in this refuge. It's by faith. So what the enemy is trying to do, he's trying to get you to stand in fear so you stand outside of the presence of God. Fear doesn't access the presence of God. Faith accesses the presence of God. So when I'm standing in faith, then guess what? I am protected. But you need to understand that fear is coming to rob you of your faith and rob you of your peace. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says this for God, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Let's say it. God doesn't. God's not given us a spirit of fear. And if God hasn't given it to us, you don't have to accept it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Let me just break this down for you. Here's the goal of fear. Fear wants to render you powerless. It wants to take away your power. It wants to take away your ability to love. Man, that's what we need. You and I created for love, but fear wants to render you powerless, take away your ability to love. And listen, fear wants to make your mind unstable. How do I know that? Because for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what comes from God is power, his power, his ability to love. When you have his love flowing through, you can love and you have a sound mind. It's so easy. It's so easy today to have an unstable mind because we're in unstable times. But that is the result of fear. Now, fear comes in when we believe it's up to me to bring about this supernatural protection. Fear comes in when I start to think, oh, I have to bring about my own protection. Can I just tell you, you can't do it. You can't do it. You need the supernatural refuge that God gives us. You know, I think about David when he went against Goliath, right? David did not deny Goliath. We are facing a Goliath. Faith doesn't deny that there is the reality of this virus, right? Faith doesn't deny the facts. Faith just doesn't focus on the facts. No, it doesn't focus on the facts. It focuses on the truth. But here's what happened when David was facing Goliath. Fear, and here's what it does. Fear has us compare the size of the giant to ourselves, right? But faith, on the other hand, had David compare the giant to the size of God. Let me say that again. Fear has us compare the science of the giant to ourselves. But faith, right, had David compare the giant to the size of God. David's eyes, right, saw the giant, but his faith saw God's promises. I just love that and the promise of God. Fear is always going to have to tell you, you're going to have to get through this. God is not with you. Look at what's going on around you. Can I just tell you, peace and God's peace is not the absence of trouble. It is the presence of God. I am more focused on the presence of God, which brings me peace, than the trouble that is all around me. You know, so many people actually look at their 
peace based on how much trouble is going on in the world. I don't do that. I actually look at the peace of God and I don't care about the trouble in the world, right? But I want to tell you a little bit about fear this morning. It has to be addressed. The fear has to be addressed. You know, when I look at the pattern of how Jesus dealt with fear, he always spoke to it. He addressed it. Do you remember when the disciples were in a boat and it was dark? It was like 4 a.m., right? And the winds and, and the waves. It's, I mean, the, it is the perfect setting for a horror film, right? 4 a.m., they're in a boat. There's wind, right? And all of a sudden, they see this weird, you know, creature. They have never seen this before. And what happens? Fear starts to grip their hearts. This is what fear will do. Fear will take something that is good and turn it into something bad. It wasn't a ghost. It was actually Jesus coming to them. And I love what Jesus does. The first thing he does is he speaks to the fear and he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The disciples are like, oh, it's a ghost. And Jesus is like, hey, calm that fear. Don't be afraid. I was thinking about this. One of the biggest miracles in the Bible, Peter walked on water after Jesus addressed fear. I wonder what you could do if you addressed your fear. Do you know, can I just tell you, for me, um, I'm not like, I'm not a selfie guy. I, I actually had a friend of mine who's like, you need to take more selfies. I'm like, really? Now, I don't understand the whole concept. I'm just, is a selfie for me and I'm posting for me because I need to see myself? Or am I taking a selfie for you? right? It's kind of like I'm still trying to understand Christmas cards, right? I, I, I don't understand that. I guess the thought process is that people will take a picture of their family and go, we need to take a picture of our family because you know what? We need to send these in the mail because people need to see us. We want to wish them Merry Christmas and we, <laughs> we want people to see us. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I get them. And I look at them and go, that's cool. But I don't know. I just can't say, hey, look, I'm going to be taking the pictures of myself because I want to send them to you because I think that you need to see me. But I had a friend say like, you know what? You need to take more pictures of yourself and more selfies. I'm not an in front of the camera guy whatsoever. This right here for me is totally outside my comfort zone. I'm just telling you, I would, I would rather be in front of a thousand people than that one camera. It's just, it, it's a, it's a, it's a weird type of fear, but you know what? I got up and I said, in Jesus' name, I can do this. I can do this. I can look into a camera and the same anointing that's on me when I'm in, in front of a hundred or a thousand people is the same anointing that's right here in this room that is being translated through that camera, right? But you've got to address the fear. And I wonder what could happen if you address the fear in your life. This promise of protection gives you peace. When you are protected, there's peace. And I want to speak peace to you today. I want, to sp I want to speak peace to the storm that's in your life. I speak peace. We address the fear in Jesus' name. Here's another advantage or benefit of the, of the presence of protection and the presence of God. Number two, you have God's perspective. Is God afraid right now? Nope. Do you think he's going, wow, this is way too much for me? Nope. He's not. Verse 7 says this, A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come 
near you. Listen, look at these, these, these next couple of words. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. So he says, watch this, only with your eyes, that's how we get perspective, right? Only with your eyes will you see it. So I'm going to see it, but it's not going to come near me. Now, let me just tell you what the wrong perspective is, okay? The wrong perspective is I see it happening to them. And the Bible says you're going to see it. You're going to see right? People are going to be dying. It's very unfortunate. My heart breaks for these people, but he says, we're going to see it. But the wrong perspective would be to say, I see it happen to them. So it's going to happen to me. That's not a godly perspective. The godly perspective is I see it, but it won't come near my dwelling. That's the protection and the perspective that God has. That's the perspective that you have to have. I know my church family, I I see it on the news. My heart is breaking for people. I hope that they know Jesus Christ. But I just want to remind you, you have to have the proper respect perspective is that everyone can dwell in this secret place. Everyone can be protected. Some won't run to the protection, but you're going to see it. But you don't say, because it happened to them, it's going to happen to me. That's not God's perspective. God's perspective is, even if it happens to them, it will not happen to me. And no evil shall befall me. Oh, man, I feel God's presence when I say that. And I feel like that's connecting with you today. Because he says, only with your eyes. You know, a lot of people say, perspective is reality. Right? But I'm not going to just live in some alternate reality that's apart from God's word. I want God's truth to be my reality. And he says this. He's going to give, in verse 11, his angels charge over you. Now, angels are ministering spirits. God has given angels to be charged, be charged over you. Now, if you think angels are little babies, right, floating in the air on clouds in Huggies diapers, right, with a little bow and arrow, yeah, I'd probably be afraid. But actually, they are not. They are ministering spirits. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that one angel killed about 10,000 men, very powerful beings, and they are assigned to you. Now, here's what you need to do. Angels respond to the word of God. Whether God speaks his word or you speak his word, they only respond to the word of God. So they move when they hear you say God's word. That's why two or three days ago when our house was shaken with these earthquakes, I began to speak God's word to the angels that are in our life and in my family's life. I reminded them of the word of God. And I said, angels, you bear us up in your hands. The powerful beings assigned to us are waiting on our words for them to be activated. And listen, that's that's the truth of the word of God that he's given you those angels activate your angels. They're messengers, right? They're messages, messengers, and they move on God's word. I love the story when you talk about perspective of Elisha and his servant in second Kings chapter six, verse 16, they were surrounded by an enemy. I mean, really surrounded. It was Elisha and his servant, and it looked like they were really outnumbered. And watch again here. Look at this. 2 Kings 16, 616, Elisha says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear comes from the wrong perspective. Watch. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, 
those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I can just see a servant going, what? What were you talking about? It's two against the world. And watch what Elisha prays. I love this. He prayed for his servant. This is my prayer for you. He said, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. I love that. And the Lord opened his eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses, angels all around and chariots of fire all around. Here's what happened. Are you ready? Here's what happened to the servant. In his own perspective, fear. With God's perspective, faith to see that he was protected. We need to see what's going on today. Not from our perspective, not just from the news perspective, but from God's perspective, right? And God's perspective, when God's looking down, right? When you're going to the store, here's God's perspective. I'm not going to let any evil befall my children because they dwell in the refuge. Woo, my refuge. Here's number three. It's another benefit and advantage is you have God's power. You have God's power. Psalm 91 verse 13 says, You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample under foot. I love this verse because it actually right here, there's a a transition. It transitions from being protected by him and to using the authority that has been given by him. So now he's talking about not only are we protected because, you know, sometimes when you think about shelters, you think about just being on the defense, right? This is totally going on the offense. This world trampled actually means marching. Like, I mean, you're moving forward. It's militant. And so it's talking about not just being protected by him, but now we're going to use the authority that God has given him. You know, in just a week, we are going to enter into this Easter season. And Friday, Jesus was on the cross, right? Wounded for us, for our healing, for our transgressions, for our sins. Saturday, he was warring against the principalities and power. And Sunday, he rose again. But we have a God that has defeated the enemy. And that God of victory is inside of you. And because he's won the victory, you can enforce the victory, right? And this is what he's talking about here. He actually says the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. These are all pretty lethal. These are all pretty lethal, right? But yet God says, I've given you authority over them. And I was reading a story on On this young lady, I have a book that I'm kind of using to help guide me through Psalm 91. And in this book, she tells a story of a of a young girl in her 20s who just moved in with her college roommate and uh, they just got an apartment together. It was an exciting time. Well, as they were in their apartment, they heard a, a knock at the door. And what happened was is that it was a man. And when she opened the door, he forced himself into their apartment and grabbed her, put her on the floor and began to attack her. And this is what this young college girl did. It's a true story. She began to recite Psalm 91. As she was being attacked, she began to speak God's word and um, recite Psalm 91. What was interesting was that as she was reciting that, the man got confused. He got confused, got up and ran. She ran out the back door and was totally unharmed. 
And then when the man was arrested, they found out that he had uh, raped many women in that community. But you know what? She was protected. She used the power of God by reciting the word of God. It confused the enemies and she was safe. Wow, what a powerful story. And let me say, if it worked for her, if it worked for me, it'll work for you. God's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of principles. Here's the last one for today. Are you learning something? God's promises and his protection gives you, you have God's provision. You know, verse 16 says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You know, I think when you talk about dwelling in a, in a shelter, right? The shelter, it, it's very easy to kind of think a sheltered life, a very like limited life, a very small life. You know, <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter is, is this shelter that we dwell in, in the presence of God is not a narrow life, right? It, it, it's actually an abundant life that God gives us, right? But I think it's easy to think that a sheltered life is a limited life. But God is saying this, when you're protected by me, when you rest in my presence, right? You're not going to die premature, you're actually going to have a long life. And this word satisfy isn't just length of days, a long life. It actually describes the quality of life. One translation says it this way. I will fill their life to satisfaction. Woo! I will fill their life to satisfaction and fulfillment. So, and here's why. Think about it. A person who is in the presence of God and dwelling in his presence, they don't have anxiety. They're not worrying. I'm not saying it doesn't come on them, but they refuse, right, to allow that to become part of their identity and their thinking, and they begin to rest in the presence of God. They're not afraid. They're not worried. That, to me, is the quality of life that I have. I want to live a long and satisfied life. And I wonder how much fear today, how much worry is robbing you truly of living a satisfied life. I want to pray with you this morning. You know, I love to take communion with you, but before we take communion today, I want to pray. I want to pray for you. And, you know, I know that some people are watching, you know, attend Passion Life Church. I'm, I'm pretty amazed at the feedback that we're getting of people that I never thought would be watching us and don't really attend church, but they're watching us today. So I never know you know, where your life is or where you are with God, but I want you to take communion with us. So I want to, I want to pray. And maybe today, maybe today is the time for you to say, I need to dwell in peace. I need to know that I have peace with God, that I'm not at odds with God, that when I die, I can go to heaven. And when I take my last breath on earth, I can take my first breath in heaven. Why? Not because of what you did, but because you have faith, right? It's faith that accesses this protection. It's faith that accesses the salvation that Jesus did on the cross. And today, I want to pray for you. And if you're watching today and you're like, hey, listen, I need Jesus to come inside my heart. I need this peace that you're talking about, Phil. I, I need to know that I'm protected. My, the worry and the fear is, is making my mind unstable. It can stop today in Jesus' name. Let's pray. I want you to repeat after me. Say this with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. 
Father God, I repent of my sin today. I turn away. Jesus, come inside my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live for you. Just keep your eyes closed for just a moment. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you, Lord, for right now that they are tuning in to be encouraged and reminded of your promises, that they are protected, that your power is made available to them, not just to live on the defensive, but to live offensive and walk in a life that is satisfying. And Lord, I pray right now for your healing power as we take communion, that your healing power would flow and remind us that we are forgiven of our sins, but we are also healed of our diseases. I don't know if you had a moment to be able to grab a cracker or a potato chip or something, whatever it is, it's not necessarily the element. It's actually what it represents, right? And uh, I want to read the scripture to you today in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It actually it says this. It says, and when he had given thanks, this is talking about Jesus. You know, I think in this time it's so important we... We're reminded of the blessings of God. I've been doing that a lot in this time. I know there's a lot of things that we don't have, we don't have uh, access to, but I've just been thanking God for His blessings. It says, and when He gave thanks, He broke it. I want you to take this bread. I want, I want you to look at this bread right here that I have, this, this cracker. I want you to break this with me. Ready? Let's break it. We break it. And here's why we break it. This cracker, right, this bread, whatever you have, is representative of Jesus' broken body. And here's why it was broken. His body was broken so your body could be whole and could be healed. You know, sometimes I've heard people make communion all about their sin, about what they did. And, you know, the scripture talks about examining ourselves. Really, what that is talking about, we need to examine why Jesus did what he did for us, right? And we have to examine that we are taking this the way Jesus wants us to take him. He said, Jesus said that as often as you do, you do it in remembrance of him. So as we take this, this is about what he did for us. And here's what I think people don't really understand understand is this bread actually represents his broken body this bread is for healing you know many people know what the juice is for oh it's it's for the forgiveness of the sins of our sins and because of the blood of jesus yes but let me just say this this right here is for your healing so as we take this i want you to in faith take this and if there is disease in your body if there is sickness in your body as you take this remembrance actually means to reenact we're supposed to think about what jesus did on the cross that by his stripes we were healed let me just tell you a real quick testimony before we take this at church we were in a service and this is the way I preach communion that when we take this bread that we are believing for healing one of the singers on stage unbeknownst to me came that day she had some sinus issues that day and she heard this message and we all took communion we broke the crack and we began to eat and she said when she ate it in faith believing for healing all of her sinuses cleared up just like that in the name of Jesus I believe for miracles are you ready let's take this and remember that we are healed by Jesus's broken body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for healing. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we believe our bodies to be whole. 
for migraine headaches to go in the name of Jesus. You know, I just feel like the Lord spoke to me and there's somebody right now, you have a skin condition and you don't know what it is. There hasn't really been a diagnosis. Believe right now that Jesus can heal you. By his stripes, you are healed. You know, the Holy Spirit is reminding me about perspective. I talked a little bit about what your eyes see. I believe there's somebody watching right now. You're having challenges with your eyes. And I believe you're healed in Jesus' name. Receive that. Jesus' broken body was broken so you can be whole. Man, I feel the presence of God. And I love this. Look at what else he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. And he said, give thanks, break it, and then take it and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do it in remembrance of me. And look at this, verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you do in remembrance of me. You know, I want to encourage you this week. What a great antidote for the coronavirus. Communion. Hmm? Why don't we take communion this week? Take it every day and thank God that you are healed and do it in remembrance of what he did. This cup reminds us that Jesus' blood was shed. There's power in the blood of Jesus. And this reminds us today that you are forgiven of every sin that you've ever committed, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it. His blood has forgiven us. You are forgiven. Come on, let's drink this together and thank God for his forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Encourage your people today. We love you, Lord. Thank you that you love us. We've set our hearts upon you. And Lord, your word says in Psalm 91 that you will honor us and satisfy us with long life. If we're going to have long life, it has to be free of sickness and disease. It has to be a life that's full of freedom from your forgiveness. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you so much. Wow, what a powerful time together. And I just, I just sense the presence of God. I thank you for tuning in today. I hope this was a blessing to you. Listen, we'd love to connect with you. If you have some prayer requests or you have some needs and you're local here in Marietta, would you just email us at info at passionlifechurch.com? info at passionlifechurch.com. Send us a prayer request. Send us a testimony if you've been touched by what's going on. It always encourages us, and especially too when people are, are, are emailing us from outside of California. and uh, it, It's just so amazing. We want to connect with you. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.